You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 542 for January 27th, 2021. On today's show, pianist Yoko Miwa. Despite the fact that today is the 27th of January, it's the first episode of 2021, for which I apologize. As you know, I now live in a van, and in the last six weeks, I've traveled about 10,000 miles. The last, like, 3,000 of them kind of uh, unintentionally, because I thought the van was going to die, and I was trying to get back to a warm place in Tucson in case it did die, which then it didn't die. In any case, all of that to say that uh, things got a little out of my control, and I really apologize for being gone for six weeks. Uh, That said, that kind of points to how important it is to me that people who listen to this show become members, because quite honestly, I'm putting food and gas and uh, any minimal maintenance I'm able to do, uh, putting all of that money uh, into my bank account from folks becoming members of the Jazz Session and also supporting my van travels at patreon.com slash the Jazz Session and patreon.com slash vanarchism. So if you could do one or the other of those, or if you want to do both like some folks do, that would be awesome. Awesome. Huge thanks to Yelena Ekimov, uh, Shikhar Sebaluk, whose name I probably just butchered, and uh, but I'm still very grateful, uh, and also Ken Autry, all of whom became members recently. Yoko Miwa's new album is called Songs of Joy. Yoko Miwa, welcome to the Jazz Session. Hello, Jason. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. We are here to talk about uh, your forthcoming album. It comes out in uh, just a couple of weeks, uh, February 12th, if I remember correctly. And it's called Songs of Joy. And I think, and I think I said this to you when your last album came out too, I think it's my favorite one so far. (laughs) Um, Yay. Yeah, Yay. I, I guess that's a good direction to be going in, that each album you release is my mm. is my new favorite of yours. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. But this album, there's something there's something so strong and emotionally present about it. 
it just really jumped out of the speakers at me when I first listened to it. And obviously, I mean, it was recorded in 2020, in summer of 2020, so in the middle of not only a, a publicly challenging time, but I know also a privately challenging time, which we can talk about later. Um, but it just, it sounds so alive and so so passionate. So, I mean, congratulations on a on a beautiful record. And I, I guess I'll just ask you, how did it feel to record an album you know, in July of the year 2020, given everything that is going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were supposed to record in April, and we, um, you know, we didn't know how long we had to wait to record. So, but you know, we just had to um, postpone to May and June. You know, and <laughs> finally we can go to studio. You know, studio said, okay, now you can come in. But we had to wear masks entire time and still have to have, you know, social distances and everything. So that was very, like, I don't know, I was very nervous, you know, somehow, uh, some way going to the studio. I was so excited going to the studio, but at the same time, how are we going to do this, you know? And we got to wear masks. So, like, so we wore masks entire time. And then this is definitely my first time, and I hope this is the last time I have to record the album with masks on, you know? But actually, once I said point, I totally forgot I was wearing masks. It didn't matter at all. First of all, we didn't play for uh, four months. Um, we didn't perform like four months uh, when I went to the uh, the studio because we had to stop playing in the middle of March. Sure. And then went to the studio July and I was, you know, I was kind of nervous about that too, like not playing with band for a long time and uh, going to the studio, which is so... Uh, different from what we usually do. We usually play every weekend. We get together all the time and, you know, we have shows and by the time we record those uh, the songs, we usually we've been playing a lot. You know, maybe one song or two songs, it might be new, but usually we know the songs and we've been playing and, you know, stuff. So, But this one was totally different. Like, oh, pretty much like a couple of songs we were playing, but I had like five new originals, you know, and especially originals I usually play at the gigs and then um, I want to hear how it goes, you know, if I play with my band, like, oh, maybe I don't like this one, uh, maybe I want to change this and I want to hear my, you know, band members' opinion. And we kind of play over and over and we kind of, you know, get the idea and, you know, but this time we're just going to the studio, just do it, you know, that <laughs> kind of, and, <laughs> but, you know, I was very excited to play with my trio again, you know, so all the nervousness and then like, you know, anything I was worrying about just didn't matter once we stepped playing together. So I was so happy playing with them and so happy to be together and then playing music, my music again with them. So I think that just came out from my music. That's what uh, listeners are uh, hearing. That, that's what I hope. 
And maybe that's what you what you heard. You said, you know, something different about this album. I mean, I'm definitely not suggesting that the way to record all your future albums is to stop playing for four months beforehand. But there is, I think you're right, though, that there is something, you know, whenever you whenever you go back to something that you love doing, but you've had to take a break from, there's always that renewed energy of, you know, oh, let's dive into this thing again. And I think, yeah, like you said, I think that really comes across on the record. I mean, it just it sounds like a group of people who are really in love with playing with one another and who haven't been able to do it for a while. Yeah, right. You know, so and uh, when I uh, shared this recording after I finished the recording, I shared with um, my manager and uh, record label executive producer. And um, um, they're both like very excited you know, with the recording, they were very, very happy with the result. And they said, oh my God, we love it. I love it. I love it. And then they both said, especially my manager, uh, she said, by the way, she, her name is Laura Hesehe Jamal. She's the wife of Ahmad Jamal. <laughs> Amazing Jeff pianist Ahmad Jamal's wife. Uh, anyway, so Laura said, you know, what do you hear? Um, she asked the the executive director Martin, "What do you hear, Martin?" And they're like they're both like, "We hear joy. This, you know, this we hear um, joy from this recording." Like, oh, okay. And then you know, one of the songs we playing is song "Song of Joy." Billy Preston song. It's called "Songs Song of Joy," and we kind of twisted "Songs of Joy." We were a little bit worried that people might get confused with Song of Joy by Billy Preston, but actually title is title of the CD is Songs <laughs> Songs of Joy. You know, having been both a member of the audience and also on stage quite a lot, I know that a part of live performance is often uh, physical, like it's it's looks back and forth between the musicians and facial expressions and things like that. And so I was curious, you mentioned that all three of you were wearing masks while you performed. Did that, did that affect how you were able to communicate at all while you were playing? <laughs> no, no, actually eyes, mostly like eyes, the more, more important part. It might be difficult if you can't have the eye contact. You know, we usually use eye contact. So mouth is covered <laughs> and nose is covered. <laughs> Actually, doesn't really affect, you know, if you are smiling or you're mad, you know, you don't see that much expression in your face. But uh, communication, uh, you know, we usually use eyes, communicate, eyes, <laughs> just look at, you know, you, you, you take so, or, ooh, you know, just everything just 
<laughs> I think eyes can tell everything. So, so a mask um, and also, sunglasses would be of, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunglasses will be hard, hard, definitely. Um, but we were still um, closer together. You know, of course, six feet apart. But we didn't want to be the separated room. So that's why we chose to wear masks in the same room, you know. So in general, we don't like to be in a different room. And then, you know, you can kind of see each other, but you don't feel like you are playing together in the same room. Because we always, you know, I, I like to be closer to be my, you know, the members. And on the stage, I always request to be closer to closer. Uh, I don't like the you know, big hall, a concert hall, and then the stage, like, you know, you don't really see them, you know what I mean? Like uh, all the way and then the other side of the stage, like, hey, you know, I don't like that kind of setting. I always like to be more like a cozy, closer setting, so. Tell me about how you first were introduced to the Billy Preston tune song of joy, because this is a pretty cool connection too. Yeah. So Cesar Jordan, um, amazing um, jazz singer, NEA jazz master. Cesar uh, Jordan, I, uh, my trio has been playing with her like uh, last several years. And, so last time um, she played with us, she brought a song by Billy Preston. You know, it's called Song of Joy. And she didn't sing the whole song, just she used the beginning of the song as the intro for another song to get into it. You know, and um, I was, I didn't know that song much. And I was, I checked out the song and I'm, wow, what a beautiful song. You know, just certain song I really inspired by just, you know, listening once, you know, I was like, oh, I love this song so much. And I really wanted to play this song. And I didn't know how it's going to come out as a trio. And also such a beautiful song. I didn't want to change it too much. I wanted to still keep the the kind of the sound Billy Preston he he sings and he plays piano so I just wanted to uh, have this kind of similar 
uh, feeling and sound the you know even we play as a trio and um yeah i love this song so much and you know the another thing this song means so much to me because um the lyrics is very beautiful and very powerful and i can tell you just one part it says it is with every note i play i play with love with every word i say it's coming from my heart you know this is the way i definitely think when i play music and i really love this lyrics and music so much and i hope you everybody will like it too break to remind you about membership for five or ten bucks a month you get early access to the shows you get bonus shows all kinds of cool stuff shout outs on uh, the main show you can go to the slash join to become a member today and honestly it means the world to me thank you so much When I found out that it was Sheila Jordan who brought this song to your attention, I was thinking about the fact that, so Sheila Jordan, of course, uh, knew and uh, sang with Charlie Parker, and Billy Preston played with the Beatles, and so and now there's you in 2021 making uh, releasing this song like that's the entire history of 20th century <laughs> popular music like from charlie parker to the beatles to now it's it's pretty amazing that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great yeah that's yeah. pretty wild um i want to uh, just talk about something a little more difficult for a moment if we can but um 
during the pandemic, um, you uh, lost your father. And uh, because of the pandemic, weren't able to travel like you normally would have to go to go be with him. And um, that's reflected on this record. But I, I guess I just wanted to ask you about kind of honoring your father in music and uh, and how you chose to do that. Yeah, you know, so he, he was um, sick for a while and he had Alzheimer's, but um, just the, the end, um, I don't know, he was really sick in the end, but uh, we kind of knew he won't live that long. So I was really sad um, thinking about him and I was writing a song, definitely this song, The Lonely Hours, you know, the song, Think uh, I wrote this thinking about him. And um, yeah, it was really tough because, you know, even my family, you know, they were not able to be there, you know, by him. But, and yeah, the, you know, hospital said, yeah, you cannot come in here anymore. That was like over March, beginning of March. And then like one week or 10 days. Yeah. After the day said, oh, we will call you if something, you know, happens. And the next time they called my mom and, it was, you know, my dad passed away. It's pretty, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible. But um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to dedicate this song to my father i hope he likes it <laughs> what yeah. did your what did your dad uh think about jazz music was he was he a fan before you became a jazz musician was he a fan when you became <laughs> one did he feel good about no, you choosing no. that career any of that kind of stuff <laughs> no he was happy you know i was you know passing my dream and he was always always very supportive you know, in the beginning, he wanted to me to come back to Japan so bad, but um, you know, he really supported me, and I really, really appreciate um his what he's done for me, and um, but he wasn't a big jazz fan. <laughs> I mean, he didn't hear it. He just didn't. He couldn't understand. He tried. He tried to listen to some jazz I gave it to him, or maybe he was listening to my CD over and over and over, you know. I thought that kind of, it was kind of cute. He was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, I've been listening to your album and CDs, you know, but I, I still can't understand the music. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. You don't have to understand. You don't have to love it. But, uh, you know, he, he, um, I'm sure he was happy, you know, what I, I was following my heart and playing this kind of music. He didn't mind what kind of music I play. You know, he, he heard I was practicing classical music for many, many years in the house. And, and I'll switch to jazz and, you know, so it didn't matter what kind of music I play.
this album contains original compositions, as we've mentioned, and it contains some pieces by other very well-known folks like Billy Preston and Thelonious Monk and people like that. And then there's a tune on here called uh, Tony's Blues, written by a name uh, that was new to me. Uh, will you tell me about the author of Tony's Blues? Yeah, Tony German, he's the, uh, he was an assistant chair in the piano department at Berkeley College of Music. So when I started working there, um, he, it was, I don't know, 2011, that's the year I started working. But he, one day he came to my room and he said, I wrote a song for you. And that was first song he wrote for me. Probably also first song somebody wrote for me. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you wrote the songs for me? It's called Yoko's Waltz. And I was so happy. Actually, we share the same birthday. We have the same birthday, May 22nd. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, we have some connection there. <laughs> but he's, um, he knows, um, he knew I love Bill Evans. And he's kind of a Bill Evans type of pianist too. Actually, he's great. And um, he wrote this, uh, the song is called Yoko's Waltz. And the first time, and I recorded the song for one of my albums after Naturally was released from JVC in Japan. And uh, this song, actually, second or third song he wrote for me, but I, so just uh, very close to the recording date, he said, I wrote another song for you. I was like, yay! And um, I liked it. And um, I showed it to him. I usually play it for him, like like this. Do you do you <laughs> do you hear something like this? I'm playing like is this right? You know, he's like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's that's great. And I I told him maybe I want to add some lines, like a bass line or a little bit. I'm gonna add to this song. And is it is it okay with you? And he said, oh whatever. You 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 can do anything you want to. So I kind of added to to the line. You know, so little bit more me in there too but um yeah tony jaman he wrote this song for me and actually he had a different net title uh for this song but i changed it to tony's blues i wondered about that actually actually he wrote this kind of funny name and i didn't want to use that <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I want to change it. Yeah. What yeah, did I, he say? I thought it was unlikely yeah. that Tony wrote a song that he called <laughs> Tony's Blues. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, I named it. Obviously, I named it. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know, Thelonious Monk, he wrote a million songs that are, you know, Monk's mm -hmm. something or other. So it's not like right, it's, un right, right, it's not right. unheard yeah. of. I mean, you know, Charlie Parker, same mm -hmm. thing. So yeah. people do sometimes put their own name in the song. but. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Thelonious Monk, there's uh, there's a great version um, on this record uh, of "Think of One," and uh, I guess I just I wanted to ask you just a little bit about Monk. I mean, Monk shows up a lot uh, in your playing, like directly because you play Monk tunes, but I think he also just shows up, you know, as a as an influence. Um, so, just uh, tell me about your relationship with Monk's music. I play, um, you know, some of his music uh, regularly uh, at our performance 
performances. And then people always like when we play Monk tune, you know, people always request, can you play Monk? Can you play the song you are playing, you know, by Monk? And uh, we recorded one um, in Walked About last album. But at this time, you know, my fans were asking me, are you going to record Monk again? I, I wish, I, I hope so. You're going <laughs> to, I was like, ah, yeah, definitely. I, I, had <laughs> I to am think, now. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think uh, all jazz musicians, they, they love playing Monk tune. Something to do with Monk's song, you know what I mean? Sometimes chord progression, kind of simple, but something, his music has something, I don't know, we always get inspired by his music and then uh, we love playing his music and um, kind of, you know, allow you to have your own arrangement or your own stuff. But um, I didn't want to, of course, I, again, I didn't want to change too much because there are so many, you know, monk fans like a Beatles fan. So always you got to be careful not to change too much, but um, I wanted to have something fun, you know, and that's what I did. Something a little bit interesting idea here and there and try to, you know, have monk sound here and there too. Let's take a moment to thank the folks who make the jazz session possible, starting with the members. Also, the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music, Dave Rabel for the logo, Chuck Ingersoll for the voice of the intro. You can find Chuck at hearchucknow.com. Follow the jazz session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram at the jazz session. If you want to keep up to date with my podcast, my travel, my poetry, and more, subscribe to my newsletter. It comes out every two weeks. You can go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. Now back to the show. During the pandemic, you uh, have been very active in the world of online performances, both doing them on behalf of very famous jazz clubs and also just doing a ton from your own living room. Uh, what has that experience uh, been like? I mean, you, you were doing it for quite a while and you know seem to have built up a pretty decent following because people always follow whatever you do. So tell me about what it was like to essentially play in a room where you couldn't see the audience, but you know they're out there somewhere. It's very weird, right? <laughs> Eventually I got very used to it. But um, yeah, you know, the, the reason I started uh, was I used to, it's kind of weird, but I used to play every Friday, Saturday night, and more than that sometimes, but I definitely Friday, Saturday, and um, I had the regular gigs, and so the week after, um, you know, already we didn't have the gig after the March 
14th, 15th, that was that was last gig. So a week after, I was home and um, Scott, my drummer, my husband, so he said, like, well, maybe you should play tonight because we're not playing tonight at the, you know, the gig, regular gig. So, oh, okay. So online, live streaming. So, okay, maybe I, I can do that. So I tried. And uh seems like everybody was really enjoying it. And I got a lot of comments and then a lot of people joined it. And then, wow, maybe I should do tomorrow too. It's a Saturday. I usually play Saturday. And... And I got another, another a lot of you know good responses from my fans and huh maybe I should do next week too <laughs> and I that's how I started I did until August kind of I had to you know have the deadline to stop doing it but uh, yeah in the beginning I felt um, very weird not you know seeing people in front of me but are talking to my cell phone my camera right. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but uh i can see people's uh, reaction you know hot mark coming up or um like a comments coming up you know and i cannot catch up with everything but i can see something kind of moving on the screen so that definitely i felt their love you know, like, I'm here for you. I'm so happy to see you. And um, actually, end of the, the show, I mean, end of the night, I sit down with a glass of wine and <laughs> read all the comments. That was the best part. Like, oh, my God, he was tuning in again. You know, one point, actually, Kenny Barron was watching it. That's wild. And uh, he was, yeah, actually, a lot of people watching like some of the famous people oh I, I was like freaking out sometimes oh my god who's watching right now you know? <laughs> um so kenny Barron was watching one week and then another week he said something i was playing about or something and he said that's beautiful or something he even he commented wow <laughs> you know maybe it's better yeah, not I to think know that till after you're finished playing you know like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Don't tell me. I don't want to know who's watching. <laughs> yeah. I, but that was amazing. I think uh, Joji Cable was watching. Like wow. a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know. That's great. great. And your live performances also featured a, a guest star who doesn't normally go to the clubs with you, which is your cat, Edamame. Uh, who we all got to meet oh, yeah. uh, during the live performances. So that was that a was real hard. bonus. That was yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. I know. She, you know, it's so funny. when. Uh, so she came here 2019 summer. So when I was playing piano at the beginning, she didn't like it. Uh, she didn't, doesn't like the frequency of the piano sound or something. She was scared by the piano you know, this, whatever I play, <laughs> even like I play one note, ding, and then she, <laughs> she takes off like running so fast. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, and um, I wanted her to be um, in, able to enjoy someday. You know, maybe I, I wanted her to sit on the top of the, lay on the top of my piano. You know, that's what the, the cats I had in the past. They all did that. So I was hoping she's going to do it. 
but um, it didn't seem like she liked the piano so much. But I started doing the live streaming little by little. She got used to the piano sound and come into my room. She didn't like I closed the door, so she had to come in at some point. And then somehow she kind of realized when I played the last song, uh, Black Bunny, I had my own original song as a theme song of the uh, streaming. Every week I played that. That was written for one of my cats and I had here. His name was Bunny. So I wrote the song. But it, somehow I feel like she recognized the song and oh, you're almost done. And she comes in my room. <laughs> and then I usually put her on the piano. I pick her up or, you know, that was nice. And so people can see it. Or beginning of the show, I tried to, you know, hold her. But she doesn't like to be hold too long. And um, usually she's sleeping so hard and I have to wake her up. Come on. The show is going to start. You're going to come here. So I pick her up and bring her to the piano. And she's like, what? What's going on? And I got, oh, no, piano. And she kind of freaks out. And then I'm holding her. And uh, the Scott starts the video like, come on, hurry up. She's going to leave. <laughs> you know, I'm holding her so hard. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> you know, and the, the mommy stays like a 10 second. Okay, let's go. <laughs> cats are always yeah. in control of so the situation funny. no matter what's happening they're always the boss yeah that's yeah <laughs> um funny funny so i was getting ready to wrap up the interview and it occurred to me that we have never mentioned the names of the other people who play on this record uh we mentioned scott by his first name um his name is scott goulding the drummer and also uh your husband but will you uh, mention the two bassists who appear as well yeah, Will Slater, um, he's the one we've been playing the longest at this point. Um, and he played most of the uh, songs on, on this album, Will Slater. And Brett Barrett, he's been playing with us for many years too. And um, he's um, he plays bow, you know, um, really well. He's a bachi also. And he, I, we wanted to actually feature him on the last song we recorded, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, by, you know, Lit Zeppelin's kind of arrangement. But um, yeah, he nailed it. But we are really lucky to have them, you know, in our group. And um, we're very uh, happy um, we record with them again. And I can't wait for with them again, you know. Yeah. And Scott Gooding on, on drums, of course, we practice and we can play at home together sometimes, you know, so that's very lucky, too. The album comes out on February 12th on Ubuntu Music. It's called Songs of Joy. And uh, my guest on this episode has been Yoko Miwa. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I love the record and I'm so glad you were able to come on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
Thanks to my guest this week, Yoko Miwa. If you dig what you just heard, become a member for five or ten bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Next week, it will be either Rachel Eckroth or Lori Pepper, I think. Uh, I have kind of things scheduled with both of them, and assuming everything goes well, one or the other of them will be on the show next week, and we'll all find out who together. So come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.